Welcome to Stars and Roses, the podcast that recaps The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, and Bachelor in Paradise through the lens of astrology and the zodiac. I'm your host, Hannah Piper Burns, and I can't wait to give you the celestial lowdown on everyone's favorite reality TV dating shows. Thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. Hello and welcome to Stars and Roses. I'm Hannah Piper Burns and I'm the extra mundane anthropologist of Bachelor Nation. Before I dive into Fantasy Suite Week, I want to give you some spin-off news. I double-checked the summer show schedule for Bachelor franchise and it is as follows. First, they'll air The Bachelorette. Then they're going to air Bachelor, Listen to Your Heart, the terrible, terrible musician-based dating show they're launching this year. Then in late July, there will be Bachelor Summer Games. So that will give you some idea of where we'll be at at that point. And then Paradise. So they're not going to stack them, which was what I was a little bit afraid of. Instead, they're just going to run them back to back to back, which I guess is better Either way, I'm going to start hitting the electrolytes, gargling salt water, doing my enunciation exercises, because it's going to be a marathon. Um, Also, coming later in 2020 without a specific date is a Bachelor spinoff or a dating show from ABC for seniors, people in their golden years. They're, I've talked about this before. They're officially casting it. I wish I could submit my mom, but mom is engaged. Um, as far as Bachelor Summer Games goes, it sounds like it might actually be more about sports than dating this time, which would make it more like something, a show like The Challenge or something like that. Um... But nothing's going to beat Winter Games when they had a bunch of bimbos (laughs) plus one very competent Canadian like strapping blades on their feet and racing. Oh, it was so tense. I really thought someone was going to get hurt. Um, And it's like, how how hurt can you get in a swimming pool? Unless they're like throwing javelins and shit. Unless someone like really hurts themselves pole vaulting, I guess. Gosh, I wonder what the events will be. Okay, so um, now for some Bachelor Nation news. Nothing good. Paradise couple Chris and Crystal, Crystal and the Goose, have separated. I'm not surprised because um, last season's Paradise cast definitely cursed their nuptials. Uh, Kendall and Joe, though, from that same season, also parted ways. I would definitely accept Kendall for Bachelorette. I would accept Crystal for Bachelorette instead of Kelsey. Who else has a name that starts with a K? Kelly, anyone, would also accept Grocery Store Joe for the next Bachelor. No matter who else goes on whatever season, we're not getting better than him. Speaking of (laughs) season to season, this season, this season, just really proves my theory that The season always fits the times. It's like last year, but worse. When they went to the Gold Coast, I was just like, 
wow, they're just like really trying to break our fucking hearts, our minds, our spirits. Oh, it's horrifying. Also, it's really clear now that Peter is not going to be a good parent until he learns how to set boundaries that are clear and communicate them. That's partially why he's in that situation. The rest is obviously Maddie's fault. Now we know why she was gassing up her own damn self by using fake fan accounts. Y'all, it was in prep for this very moment. To be fair, I went back and I checked the transcript and she did say what she needed to say to Peter. She was clear. She said, if you were to sleep with somebody else, it would be really hard to move forward in this. That seems pretty clear. And he acknowledges that he understood her and what she meant. But um, when he pressed her is when she lost her nerve. And you can see him sort of doing those mental gymnastics to make his future actions okay. Because she's not on the same level of commitment as the other women. And like I said, Peter could have prevented a lot of problems this season by being clear about boundaries. I have, I have to say, a whole new appreciation for Hannah B because she did that. She took control of her season, which he was never able to do. But this is obviously, like I said, of course, a fucking course, also Madison's fault. She should have been explicit about this all by hometowns at the latest, at the latest. And like, Peter's a Catholic. Does she not know what that means? Like, in the eyes of whatever megachurch she's involved with, that's basically pagan. At the end of the day, I'm seeing all these like very bad takes from whatever corner hellish circle of hell that of Bachelor Nation that I've stumbled into on Instagram about like, oh, good for her. She shouldn't stand for him having sex six days before the engagement. That's not normal. Yeah, of course it's not normal. You don't go on this fucking show to have a normal love story. These must be the same people who defend Luke P and they probably, for what it's worth, also defend Chris fucking Brown. To that, to them, to all of that, I say, if you don't want an abortion, don't fucking have one. And if you don't like how the fucking Bachelor works, then don't go on The Bachelor. You're ruining it for the rest of us. You are there for the least right reasons of all. Also, in case you didn't get the memo, the bachelor's gay now! Literal sodomy! Now that I think of it, now that I think of it, why isn't there an evangelical bachelor? Haley Bieber could host it. There would be purity rings. There would be patriarchy. I would watch the F out of that. TLC. Let's make it happen. Come to think of it, why doesn't ABC shunt these Bible thumpers off into yet another spinoff of their very own as a means of dealing with them? Much like Bachelor, um, oh God, Listen to Your Heart is the name of it, is being created to deal with the fame whores and the star fuckers. Because this shit ain't for y'all, evangelicals. I don't know where you got the idea that it was. I mean, if Madison does end up with Peter, I mean, I guess that's the inevitability here. But if she doesn't, and like long term, I don't think that's a go. 
she's going to end up with her own youth pastor who probably wears his hat backwards and turns his chair backwards and proud we are of all of them. And I just don't understand. Like, she doesn't have a career. Her career is in foster care in the adoption system. She's a basketball player. Did she want to make extra money as an influencer? It's not helping her career in any material way directly. Why would she do this to herself? I'm just so befuddled. I'm just nonplussed. So, of course, the curse of The Bachelor, right, is that it gets best when it also gets worst. And not only were we subjected to, like, a monstrous montage of now likely deceased wildlife, we also had to deal with the women all living in the same hotel suite during sex week. Next season... The fantasy suite will just literally be one suite that they all live in with Peter and he'll go to each one of their rooms in turn. I do think it's fascinating though how their personal planet placements all play out in those dynamics. Hannah and Victoria, who are the Venusians, Libra and a Taurus, Victoria's the Libra, Hannah's the Taurus. And of course, Madison with tons of Mars we don't know their actual chart rulers, which FYI is the planet that rules your ascendant, but sunshine can do in a pinch. And that's what we have. So Victoria's got that Libra sun and that Scorpio, Mercury and Mars. And we see her get very secretive, which is a Scorpio keyword, right? In the interest of preserving harmony, which is the keyword for her son, her purpose, right? But Madison can't stop moving. There's all that Mars active. Her jiggly ass knee and McKenna's tongue could generate enough electricity to power all of this production team's generators. I mentioned last week that Madison has a fixed Venus, while Peter, Hannah Ann, and Victoria's Venuses are all mutable. Victoria's is in Virgo, like Peter, and Hannah Ann's is in Gemini. So... By, when I say mutable, I'm referring to their modality. And every sign has both a modality and an element. So Maddie's Venus is fixed Earth, Taurus. And speaking of which, I thought it was a great shot of her um, rubbing the curtain fabric between her fingers to self-soothe. Because to me, that feels like a very tactile Taurus Venus move. When I think of Taurus, I think of velvet as <laughs> a love language. But anyway, modality is how you express the energy of the element. So it's cardinal, fixed, or mutable. Cardinal comes at the beginning of the season. Aries is cardinal. Libra is cardinal. Fixed is in the middle. It stabilizes the season. And that's uh, Taurus, Leo, Aquarius, and Scorpio. And then mutable is Virgo, Sagittarius, Pisces, and Sagittarius, Pisces, and Gemini. <laughs> and they are at the transition between seasons. You can also think of it the way it was taught to me 
that helps me sometimes is that cardinal energy is like the um, rim of a wheel. It's what meets the road. It's what initiates. And mutable energy is like the spoke of the wheel. And fixed energy is like the hub. So it often means like, do you change to suit your environment? Do you change the environment to suit you? But I do think the, the fact that Hannah and Victoria were very open about being open-minded to with Peter is a sign of a relationship principle, a relating connective principle, which is Venus's force in the chart that is mutable, willing to compromise, willing to be open, willing to modify to suit the environment. I did something I don't normally do actually, which is look up the social and generational planetary placements of the final three and Peter. I've usually kept it to as far out as Mars. And then there's like this vast expanse in which there's a belt of asteroids. And then we get to Jupiter and Saturn. And then there's a lot more space. And then we get to Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. And at that point, the planets are moving so slowly that they're really more generational placements. But I wanted to see if there was anything interesting going on once we started pushing out into those outer planets. And I found some really interesting stuff with Jupiter and Saturn. Peter has Jupiter in Leo, which means that he has um, Sun conjunct Jupiter in Leo. And that is so perfect because Jupiter is the great expander. So again, if we're using like a keyword system, his, let's say, flair for drama, that's a Leo thing, is just magnified and multiplied. I also noticed that he and Victoria have Saturn in Aquarius. They both have it in Aquarius and they both have Venus in Virgo. So it's like something that they have, have in common. And Saturn in Aquarius can mean that, that both of them have problems letting partners go at their own pace, which I definitely found to be accurate based on what we have seen. By the way, most of these... What I When I say I looked them up, I used Jessica Lanyato's new book, which is Astrology for Real Relationships. And she divides it, interestingly, she divides it into three sections. So when you look up Jupiter and Aquarius in her book, she has one for like friends and chosen family, um, hanging out and dating, and long-term relationships. And I looked up all three because there's a little bit of all of that in this show, right? That, yeah, so it means that they can vacillate between being really compromising and being really uncompromising. That also sounds really familiar. Both of them also have Uranus conjunct Neptune. And again, these are more like generational cultural placements, but it is really interesting. Um, Uranus and Neptune are associated with revolution, with innovation, with trends, and they're both kind of, you know, they'll zig when they're supposed to zag or they'll disappear when they're supposed to be seen. Like they don't really behave in a way that is, mm, you know, they're not Saturnian in that way. And I'm trying to look up here to see if we have a Uranus, if I have any specific notes on Uranus, Neptune. Um, 
but like, you know, it's like that electricity of Uranus that meets the like spirituality, romanticism, the influ the idea of influence, which is very much a Neptune thing. So that's something that Victoria and Peter have in common. And again, it's because they're the closest in age <laughs> and they're the oldest um, people left on this show. Nobody on this show has had their Saturn return yet. <laughs> Madison has Saturn in Pisces. And if Saturn's keyword, okay, so what's Saturn? If Jupiter is the expander, if Jupiter's the inhale, <gasps> And it's like the ray gun, you have to be careful with the Midas touch, right? You have to be careful with the multiplying ray gun because if you have a pile of trash in your house and you point Jupiter at it, well, then you have a lot more trash, right? You got to clean first. Saturn is the inhale, <sighs> contraction, structure, boundaries, doing things the right way, which is often the long way. It's compound interest, no shortcuts. It's the unglamorous part of self-care. It's giving yourself gift, uh, giving your future self a gift. It's, you could, uh, it's often suffering your struggle, like in a broad stroke keyword sense, you could substitute suffering struggle. So her Saturn in Pisces is about boundaries. She has trouble with, with boundaries. That's the keyword struggle. Saturn keyword, and Pisces doesn't want boundaries. Pisces wants everything to be the same. Pisces and Virgo are on opposite ends of the zodiac wheel. And when I think about Pisces and Virgo and what they have in common, it's like the phrase, I'm everything. It's like Virgo says that with this sort of like gritty determination, like I'm everything. I'll do it all. I could be it all. And Pisces is like, I'm everything. Like Dustin Hoffman and I Heart Huckabees. In fact, I feel like the best way to talk about the Virgo Pisces axis is like I Heart Huckabees and Katrine Brayot's pure being versus Dustin Hoffman's blanket. Okay. So Saturn is also technically in its fall for Hannah Ann in Aries. So she's the youngest. Her Saturn return is coming in like five years plus, maybe five to seven. And um, Saturn in Aries could indicate she has struggle separating attention and validation. When I read that, I sh it struck me for her. And again, broad strokes, keywords. Saturn is struggle. Aries is self. Self-definition. So you could you could either be too self-focused, too like uncompromising, too self-focused, selfish, or too selfless. And I think it's in her, in her case, she. I mean, I feel like she literally melts into the wallpaper of any room that she's in. <laughs> she's like literally a stock photo model. It's like some. That's almost like some twelfth house shit. That's very 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 interesting to me. What else? Oh, well, I mentioned that um, Peter 
has both Mars and Venus in Virgo. So he has Mars conjunct Venus, which um, means that his connective principle and his fighting principle, combative principle, connective and combative are the same. They're on the same line, um, which could mean that he likes to fight for his friends and his lovers or fight with them. Uh, again, it, it, it means that he's into the drama of it all. He's into the struggle. That's what we're seeing in his chart. Like if a signature is emerging, if a pattern is emerging, it's this like in love with the fight, with the struggle and not struggle in a Saturnian way. But, uh, just a very complicated relationship to <laughs> drama. And we see that he has this relationship pattern that has like starkly emerged over the course of the season. And the pattern is this impasse. It happened with Hannah B. It happened with Alea. It's happening with Madison, even though we're on, you know, a cliffhanger. <laughs> Uh, Madison has now bumped into the number one slot for Peter because she is the least available. <laughs> we see uh, Victoria F uh, drop, drop, a, drop a level. She's also an impasse, obviously, but she also fucks. So I honestly, I kind of think Victoria F is the one for Peter, <laughs> but I don't think that's where this is going. Ugh. Um, uh, I guess we'll see how this plays out after the women tell all. I'll feel a lot more confident giving a bachelorette prediction when I see how Kelsey performs on the women tell all. As long as they um, keep that pre-taping wine in her hand, it could be uh, it could be very interesting. But if she uh, saw herself on her season and uh, can keep it together, you know, maybe she can pull this one out. It will be very, very Iowan. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm going to go take a nap in preparation for the <laughs> smorgasbord of emotional violence that will be coming into my living room from out of the screen next week on the Women Tell All. Until then, oh, I don't even know if I should say anything yet. I am just so excited. Well, I have some very, very exciting news in next week's episode. I'll just say that. I think that's what I can say for right now. So until then, ha -ha! thank you for being on this journey with me, y'all. And um, I can't wait to see where it goes.